friends from Asheville, North Carolina, Betty and Madeline Penner. They've, we've known them for a long, long time. And they've been faithful and love God and faithful to God above all things. And they've been faithful friends as well. So we're most thankful for that. And they came down and spent the night to... I'm sorry, it's, it's really... We're going to dial it back a little bit. So... But we're going to reach out to the Lord this morning. I have such an excitement and a, Brother John and I were talking coming down the road, such a victory feeling this morning. You know, we go through those times and struggles. You're in the warfare. I, the fight's still there, I'm sure. It's still there. But there's sometimes the Lord just doesn't let you feel that struggle. He just lets you know He's got it. He's working in the Spirit. And he gives you that reprieve and you can just... Feel your spirit, man, lift out from under that burden. And I feel that this morning, and I'm so thankful for that opportunity to whoo, come out from under that thing and breathe a little bit. And who knows, maybe how long he'll leave it that way. Doesn't exempt you from the fight, doesn't take you out of the fight, but it just reassures the fight's not yours. It's his. It's his, and we, we tend to do it in ourselves. So I'm going to ask that we stand this morning, and let's... Commit this service to God's hands that he lead us, guide us, give us his wisdom and direction and see who he's going to use, how he wants to talk to us today. Lord, we just gather our hearts together before you this morning. We love you above all things. We have come today because we do our best to put you first in our lives, Lord. It takes your spirit, God, to strengthen that in us. You're the author and the finisher of our faith. God, our faith isn't even our own. It comes from you, Lord. And we commit our hearts, Lord, to you this morning. We lift our voices. We lift our minds, our hearts. Lord, you help us to elevate our minds and get us into that mind of your spirit, Lord, and to leave this carnal world behind. Lord, and knit our hearts together in your love. God, in the unity of your spirit, Lord, talk to us today. I know you are having something you want to say to us today. So give us the ears that we need to hear according to the Spirit. A heart, Lord, that's supple and pliable in your hands that will understand, Lord, that this seed can go down and be planted and take good root, Lord, and grow up, Lord, to, to benefit your kingdom. Give us eyes, Lord, to see into the Spirit, Lord, and to see the things that you're wanting to show us today. Lord, above all things, we lift your name up, Jesus. You're the King of kings. You're the Lord of lords. Hallelujah. We love you this morning, Lord. We love you, Lord. We thank you for taking that time, Lord, to minister to us. God, I thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to walk in this victory and this peace and this joy I'm feeling. I thank you for my church family. God, I thank you for my extended church family. God, those in Fort Payne and Jasper, God, and these other places, God, we thank you for it. God, all those that are listening and watching, God, my heart's always really just sensitive to those people because often they don't have a body to worship with physically, God. So I ask you, Lord, to reach a special touch. Let them feel connected to this body. Lord, let them feel that they're part of the body of Christ, God, and if they don't have a local body they fit in our body God and we pray for them God we pray for them and we lift them up strengthen them God it's not easy to stand alone God it's not easy to walk in a community where you're the only one God it's not easy God and you strengthen them
them and encourage them today. God, let your will be done in this service. Order our steps, God. Let your divine will be done. God, let your kingdom come. God, that prayer has so much power. God, let your kingdom come and let your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Can you just say it this morning? Hallelujah. 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 Let it usher from those depths of your soul this morning. Just let those words of praise just come up before him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. I love you this morning and I praise you. Thank you. Woo, hallelujah. I feel like I'm dancing on the mountaintops this morning. Hallelujah. Y'all can be seated. I'm going to, actually, I'm probably going to in a minute here ask Sister Madeline if she'll share with us. Do you remember what the Lord spoke last night? I'll be, all right, petition him right now because you're going to have to tell us. Because what Brother John and I have been trying to remember, we met up with them last night and uh, had a meal and was fellowshipping. And I mean, the Spirit of the Lord just fell on Sister Madeline. And uh, the word of the Lord came forth. She said, she stuck her hands out, buddy. We grabbed hands. We bowed our heads right there. Charlie's Italian there in LHA. We didn't really care. Spirit of the Lord spoke, and you could feel the witness of the Lord, and it was just heavenly. But, you know, we couldn't remember (laughs) what the Lord said. So I'm going to believe the Lord to bring it to your remembrance. So, or Brother Buddy, if you remember, I don't. Oh, good. Well, we're all on this thing. When, yes, well, we'll all petition, and maybe it'll come to pastor then. Somebody today is going to, I knew he talked about keep pressing, and he was coming soon. And that ain't the clouds of glory. That's coming right here. So if the Lord brings it back, if not, it's all good, then we'll go on. But uh, I tell you, I'm so encouraged in the Lord. I've done, I've done some reading in different areas this week, and some things that struck me uh, that I wanted to share with y'all this morning that, I think we know these things, but sometimes the Lord has to refresh them in our minds. And I read a passage, and a gentleman talked about prayer. And that, you know, when Jesus cleared out the temple, he said, My house shall be called a house of prayer to all nations. And he said it didn't, Jesus didn't say it's a house of worship, a house of singing, a house of preaching, a house of evangelism. He said, a house of prayer. That really struck me. And he just went on to give some good principles, you know, about prayer. And I know if anybody harps on prayer, my husband does. But what's so odd to me is why do people consider it harping on prayer? Why, Why is there a buck up against prayer? What is that about? It's not an accusatory statement. It's a true Let's look at this. What is the deal? Because prayer brings you into relationship with him. It makes you confront. It makes the Spirit of God confront you. (laughs) Or it makes you confront the Spirit of God and let him examine you. I mean, prayer, why would... (laughs) I have... We've had so many things about prayer while we were in Fort Payne. You know, we've, we've been told, well, you just can't pray like that. You're wearing the people out. I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what, prayer is wearing the people out? Really? I'm shocked. That means they're not praying. <laughs> that means you're sitting there on your knees waiting for Brother John to get finished or for the service to start. That might wear you out. 
But the Spirit of God being in prayer is not going to wear you out. Is that making sense? I know it's making sense whether we want to confess and admit to it or not. Then we had somebody come in and, and say, if you need an hour before service to pray, before you can start service, then you need to get to service an hour early to pray. You need to start service on time, and you don't need to be praying an hour into service. Really? 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 First of all, it's not your church, so you don't need to come in somebody else's church setting it, trying to set it in order. You let the leadership of the church do it, unless there's an example where you might be an apostle who does set a church in order, but the leadership of that church has invited you in to set it in order. God does all things in order. There's just some things just kind of came to a head in my spirit this week. I've been tired of being pushed to the corner for prayer. I've been tired of, I'm tired of being criticized for prayer. I'm tired of that. Jesus spent all night in prayer. Everything he did was founded in prayer. He did nothing, but yet he had spent his time in prayer first. So why would he clear out the temple and say it should be a house of prayer? Why didn't he say it's a house of my word? Coulda. This is a house of preaching. Coulda. This is a house for teaching. This is a house for evangelizing. No. Prayer. We got to take the word of God and look at it. Boy, that thing pricked my heart. I know some might say, take that book and rip it up, Sister Lisa. Get it out. You done gone down a wrong road. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I see it crystal clear, straight and narrow. Prayer. What have we tried to do in our lives out of self? I, chief, I put myself in front of everybody in here of doing it out of self. Got a type A personality that just makes you, that's uh, that self. But God will channel that thing in the spirit of God. But you've got to get out of the way and let him channel it. He, I thank God for the way he made me. Thank God the way he made you. Thank God for the way he made you. Put fight in you. Don't look in the mirror. Creature Bible says, the creature doesn't say why you make me thus and so. If you're meek and timid, don't question God on that. Say, thank God you made me that way. Everybody can't sit down and shut up. <laughs> See, you know, some of us got to get up and say something. <laughs> but all of it, just because you're timid and quiet, doesn't make you meek and humble. And doesn't mean you're governed by His Spirit, just means your natural man keeps you down. So, got to let the Spirit of God work in whatever your nature is. And I have sure beat myself up over self. <laughs> Self-will, self-sufficiency. I consider myself a strong woman and a capable woman. I know I'm identifying with some folks. But when I don't let the Spirit of God lead me, I get messed up. And how I don't let the Spirit of God lead me is to do it in prayer first. Go to Him in prayer and find out. I have learned these lessons in time, in life, in my walk with the Lord. But it's good to refresh, regroup, and let Him mature you in it to another level. And I feel that coming. And that excites me because it's not seeking Him for what He can do for me. 
but seeking to be like him. And we know that. We know that. It's not, and some people equate seeking him to what he can do for us as give me this, give me a natural thing. But it's also spiritual things. We say give me this and give me that. And we think, well, surely it's a spiritual thing. It must be okay to ask. No. Maybe I'm not called to have the gift of miracles in my life. Now, believers are going to do what believers do, according to the Word. But there are gifts. Maybe I'm asking for something that I wasn't called to. So maybe that's all good. If Brother John's called to that, which clearly he is, that's great. But I'm not going to live in inferiority. Because if I'm not called for that, but I might can tear down some forces in hell that he doesn't because he doesn't, he prays in a different manner. You understand? It's not one better than the other. It takes all of us in our abilities. There's governments and leadership in the church. You respect and honor that. But in God's eyes, our prayers are heard just the same. They're equal. My grandmother, I always talk about her. Y'all know I do. But that woman was a nobody in this world. But she was a righteous woman. She was a, I mean, like to use that. She was a jewel. She was a jewel in God's eyes. That woman prayed. She didn't do anything on this earth. Oh, she did. She was very successful, quite frankly. I mean, she was a teacher. Back in the day, she put her sisters through college. She was oldest. She went to school first and put the sister before her, after her in, through college. And then that sister put the next one through college all the way down. They put each other through college. Isn't that something? She was determined as a woman to get off the farm because she saw there was no life for a woman on the farm but cooking, picking cotton. That's what they did. Cutting them chickens, <laughs> wringing them chicken necks. That's all good. It's a way of life. But she wanted something greater than that. Anyway, that's the natural side, but God had a plan spiritually. Anyway, that's where I was thinking of her. I said, you know what? Her prayers were so powerful. She wasn't apostle anybody or prophet anybody. She was just a woman that loved God. Isn't that something? No title. And I know that we got titles. I'm good with that. The order of the church. I'm good with that. But it's that prayer. Don't be intimidated. Find your place. Pray your prayer. Man, everybody has power in prayer. And that changes us, and that makes us like him. Boy, that thing got in my spirit this week, so I'm super excited about it. So I like to share it, and I hope it sinks in and maybe cause all of us to think a little bit more about our prayer relationship, not asking Give me this, give me that, whether it be spiritual or not, but just being in his presence and saying, make me like you. That's the best prayer we can pray. If, we make, if he makes us like him, then his will will be done. I want his will to be done, not so that I can get a gold star at the end. And I know that scripture says, well done, good and faithful servant, but people take a lot of flesh and pride in that. I want it to be, did your kingdom come? That's the goal. Did your kingdom come? Let's get your kingdom to come. Let's let your will be done. Let's regroup our prayer this week. Let's refocus on that. And who knows? <laughs> Lord help how much our services may become all prayer. Who knows? 
And that is a, I'm over it. I'm over it. I went through the mill in Fort Payne with the prayer situation. And I'm not going through it anymore. If God's having us pray, we're praying. And if a Christian struggles with that, I'm going to pray for them. We've got to pray. When we pray together, it unites us. It knits our hearts together. We discern and begin to purge out the things that aren't in line with the Spirit of God. Then when we do sing, if we do, it's, oh, it's that unity and that worship. And when the Word comes, we all on the same page. Somebody else is going to say, man, I was thinking the same thing. Or somebody's going to go, ha, I never saw it like that. And we're all on that same page. I'm just excited in him this morning, just loving him and worshiping him and just want, excuse me, just want his direction. So let's just pause here and let's take another minute and let's reach for him to order us because I don't feel to exhort much more. I feel like he had me say what he would have. God, you just show us what you would have next. God, you lead us. Lead us this morning, God, you lead us. And let your will be done, God, and order our steps. Hallelujah. God, I thank you, Lord, for bringing us together again this week. God, I pray right now, Lord, this may seem off the wall, but God, I pray for the President of the United States, God, that you watch over him and keep him, God, the leaders of our nation. God, I don't know what's fixing to happen. I don't know what lies ahead. God, but you give the leaders of our country divine wisdom. God, the leaders of our state, God, and our communities, God, give them that divine wisdom, God, that we can live peaceably, God, that we can serve you, God, in peace. God, have your way, Lord. Have your way today, God, and strengthen, strengthen our government officials, God, and let your protection go over them and keep them, God, because we are still a Christian nation, God, and we stand for your word. God, we are a beacon and a light in the world of Christianity, God, and that makes us a target and an enemy to many, God. Hallelujah. God, you protect our nation. Y'all, I really feel this this morning. Hallelujah. God, you protect our country. God, you protect our country. God, I know what we went through in 9-11. My God, the upheaval, the, the fear, the torment, the unsettledness. God, oh God, so you just keep us today. God, keep our country. God, you keep us, God. You give us this covering and this protection that we can press and seek for your kingdom. God, for it to be revealed within us. God, that it be revealed within us, Lord, and I thank you for it. Oh, God, I thank you for it. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Y'all just reach out a few more minutes. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. God, I thank you, Jesus. God, I thank you. God, I praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah. I just feel like today is an hour to seek the Lord. God has given us a time and a season to seek him. And if we don't take that time that he's given us with our new president and the liberty that he's going to give us Christians, we're going to be sorry. Because the Lord is coming. I can't remember what all he said last night. But it was very, very serious. And he is coming. But he wants us 
to get ready. And he's given us a season to prepare ourselves to seek his face. And like Lisa has said about prayer, prayer changes things. And the only way that you're going to be conformed to his image and come into that fullness of God is prayer. Seeking his face to change in every area of our lives. He woke me up about, what, a month ago? I mean, he's been retelling me a lot that he's coming. Hallelujah. Glory to God. First thing, I was walking around in the kitchen, Lisa praying one morning. And all of a sudden, the power of God hit me. Anyway, I was praying and seeking God. And we're on top of a mountain, so I can scream and yell all I want to. Hallelujah, Jesus. And I started around the kitchen counter. This was before the election. And all of a sudden, the power of God hit me. It shook me, and I was rocking and a reeling and all. And I said, Lord, God, what do you want, Jesus? What is it? What is it, Father? And this is what he said in an audible voice. Real loud. He said, I'm going to begin to trouble the waters of my people. He said, for what they're going to face. He said, it's time for them to seek me. And he said, I'm going to trouble their waters. Woo, hallelujah. I walked on into the living room. We've got these big picture windows looking out over the mountain. And I said, Jesus, I don't want you to have to trouble my waters. I said, I want to seek you, Jesus. Don't trouble my waters. I want to seek his face. We've been waiting a long time for the fullness of God to come. So the other morning, right before daylight, the Spirit of the Lord, the tongues were just rolling in my head. And I woke up and I said, Lord, what is it, Jesus? What do you want to tell me, Father? And he said it was beginning the time. For us to begin to trust him in every, and he emphasized every area of our lives. And he said, my word is established and my stripes are real. But it was reversed. He said, my stripes are real and my word is established. So whenever you go through things, and when I've been going through things the last few days and all, I go back to that. I said, Lord, you told me to trust you in every area. You told me your stripes were real. And you said your word was established. Hallelujah. If it's established, it can't be moved. It can't be moved, people. So we must enter into that place with God. That we trust him. You go to the hospital, the doctor's going to kill you. That's the truth. We've had so many people go... And the older people, they will do it. I said, Jesus, we need that old-time religion coming back where we speak the word and it happens. Hallelujah. God, when Jesus prayed for people, it immediately happened. It wasn't weeks and days, but it was immediate. I want to get in that place with God. That it's immediate. And that's the fullness of God. And I am so thankful to be here. Y'all are so blessed to be under this ministry of a man of God that has sought God all of his ministry and has the depth of the word that many don't. Back in 19, 
what, 73? God showed me the birth of the man-child. And you know what? Everywhere, a lot of people don't know it. You talk to people about it, they have no clue what you're talking about. So when God has revealed it to you, it is a privilege, a blessing. I honor it. I take it seriously that God Almighty chose a chosen people to come forth in Him. The word of the Lord would come unto this people this morning and say, Arise, my people, for the hour is come for you to go forth in me. Fret not, fret not, for I have given a time and a season, saith God, that nothing shall harm thee. Come thy way, but be free in me to go forth in me. For the time is short, the time is short, and I am coming, saith God. But there is a time and a season that I have placed before you. Seek me with all of your heart. Go forth, for the love of God shall be shed abroad in your hearts in a greater way than ye have ever seen, saith God. For this is an hour that has never been. But I, God, am in control, and I, God, shall direct thy pathway, and I shall lead thee into places where ye have not been, saith God, and I shall show thee things that ye haven't seen, saith God. So be still before me, people. Be still, saith God. People, it's serious. I know y'all know it's serious. It's a serious time we're living in. And I don't want God to have to turn his back on any of us. But we're pressing forward into a time that we've never seen. Things that we've never seen are going to happen. Nobody has when the fullness of God comes. And I just want to thank God for being here. And I praise him and thank him and I love him. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I definitely know that's what the Lord's saying. Be still. Be still. All the works and all the things. You know, that's we've done so much. That's kind of what I was talking about before. We've done so much in ourselves out of our wanting to do for him and what have you. And he sometimes, there are times, he says, just be still a minute. He's got to talk to us, refresh us, revive us. But the season, it's not time. If a pregnant woman, she gets out, you know how it is. You're nine months, but... It's not your due date, but you can induce your labor by doing things, right? And it'd be too early. Sure, that baby might come out, but it wouldn't have been at the right time. So anyway, let's just keep our minds focused on that. And I'm going to add in there something that the Lord had dealt with my heart as, as the Lord was speaking there just about those seasons. And, you know, he, he tells us, I believe it's in Luke, he says, Consider the lilies of the field. Consider them. But think about that. A lily that's planted in the field, he doesn't try to change fields. The Lord planted him in that field. And it takes that seed when it's, it takes all the seasons. It takes the heat of summer, the cold of winter, the coolness in the fall, the rains come. And the, it takes all those seasons. It's, the word says the seed's got to fall on the ground and die first before it. It takes all of that to make that seed die and then begin to come forth. It doesn't try to jump up and move. Have y'all ever transplanted plants? I have, and I some of them die, some of them don't. You know, it ain't always the best thing. They plant, 
they right there they don't like I said I bet that Lily doesn't get up every morning and say I really want to be over there with the daisies <laughs> but that you know what she says, I bet the daisies got it really good over there no but that's not where the Lord planted you you got bloom where you're planted you know that's a saying but for real I'm I'm, I'm really serious put you where he planted you stay there quit trying to go somewhere else and be something else be what he planted you to be i don't know exactly what i might have a calling for or whatever but i know i'm born of the seed of christ <laughs> i know in the end i'm gonna look like him i know that's the seed that's been planted in me i don't know what it might look like as far as red petals blue petals frilly petals whatever but i know i'm gonna be christ that i know and that's what you got to focus on. So don't be trying to be somebody or be a calling or be a something. Be Him. Be Him. And be planted in Him. Amen. Ooh, I'm just loving the Lord this morning. So hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. I was just, my next words were going to be Sister Susie. Has the Lord dealt with you this morning? That was that was my next words. <laughs> so praise God. It just so when I was in prayer this morning, this scripture just—I mean, it was just jumping at me, pulling at me, tugging at me, uh, interrupting my prayer. <laughs> Have you ever had God interrupt your prayer? And uh, and when I read this scripture, I couldn't believe. And when Sister Lisa got up and started talking about prayer. In the beginning, I thought, oh, my goodness, my goodness, and my heart just began to race a thousand miles an hour. You know how it is whenever the Lord's wanting you to, uh, wanting you to, I don't know, elaborate or just to testify, if you will, to just read a scripture and then get on out of the way. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was unbelievable. It's Matthew chapter 14, and uh, I know, that's good. It's bearing witness with somebody. And... Um, Matthew chapter 14, what it's all about is it's about John the Baptist being beheaded in the beginning. And, and, and the Bible says uh, in verse 12, And his disciples came and took up the body, as talking about the body of John after he was beheaded, and buried it, and, and went and told Jesus. And when Jesus heard it, he departed thence by ship into a desert place. And what that immediately began to speak to me is the forerunner is gone now. The forerunner is God. The honeymoon phase of religion, this new thing that God was just about to do, this new thing that God had already birthed into the world in the man-child, in the manger, amen, had to grow. And the people had to have a forerunner to adapt them to it, to, to preach it. Because that's what John did. He heralded the good tidings of great joy, that this Christ was on his way. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Make his way straight. And the way you make his way straight is you straighten yourself out so he can walk right in. Amen. So come on, somebody. Is that right? But now the forerunner was gone. You know what that means? That means the honeymoon's over. All the, the, the tiptoeing through the daisies, as she was talking about, all that's going to be gone away. Now it's the real thing. 
Now it has come. And I want to tell you, God has been preparing this church and Fort Payne Church and little bitty people scattered all around uh, the, the southeast, amen, through the ministry, hallelujah, of the kingdom. Uh, and, and God has said, I have give you season and I have give you space, amen, to prepare for this. I give you a space, amen, to make straight, to make ready, amen, for this ushering in of the kingdom glory to God. But there is going to come a time just like when God spoke to Joshua and said my servant Moses is dead amen now it's time for you to pick up and I want you to go away that Moses couldn't go amen Moses could only lead you so far he could only lead you to the mountaintop amen and look over into the promised land but Joshua you're going to bring these people into a promise amen and now here is Here's John the Baptist, Brother Donald. He had been preaching about the kingdom. He had been preaching about this man-child. And now John was beheaded. And the disciples came to Jesus and he said, You know what we need to do? We need to go to a desert place alone. We need to get in prayer. Amen. And so they departed thence by a boat. And they went to a desert place. But there was need, sissy. There is need out there. I want to tell you, this ain't going to be. You've had time to prepare, so you better be prepared because there's all sorts of need out there in the world today. Hallelujah. I, I so agree with what I heard Brother John say. This election that just happened, that was a sign as something new was being ushered in. A new order, a new way, amen. A straight way, a narrow way, a disciplined way, amen. Hallelujah. There's need. He said it and he said it and I've heard him preaching. Amen. I don't know if we take heed or if we forget or if we're just not fully on board yet. But he keeps saying there's going to be people coming and we got to be ready. Amen. And so they departed. The disciples departed. And you know what they did the whole time? It seems like they just bickered among themselves. Who was the greatest in the kingdom? I can see, I, I can see uh, Judas saying, well, I'm going to be the treasurer in this new kingdom. I, I, can see, I can see Peter saying, well, I'm going to be the leader. I'm going to be the, uh, the ambassador in this new kingdom. I can see John saying, I'll just be the altar boy in this new kingdom. But the Bible said that they talked about who was the greatest among them in the kingdom. They were so worried about the natural things. It's not about, like Lisa said, a title. It's not about who holds a microphone. It's not about who does great, wonderful works and who opens the door and cleans the church. It's about getting it done. Amen. Come on, somebody. Bloom where you're planted. Hallelujah. Be glad in what God's gave you and do it with all your might because the kingdom has come. Hallelujah. Now, this was the point and that I'm getting to. Amen. Now, you got my glasses with me. That's always the thing. Verse 22 says... And straightway, the, the, the crowd came. No, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. And so he, he departed after he found out about John being beheaded. And the, and the, and the, but the need was still there. Even though the forerunner was gone, the need got greater. Amen. The need got great. When these so-called churches that everybody has flocked to, 
with their programs and their dim lights. And, it, and, and it, whenever the need actually arises and they ain't got nothing in it, guess where the multitude's going to go? They're going to seek out healing. They're going to seek out deliverance. They're going to seek out deliverance. Amen. They're going to seek out a church and a people that has the power of God moving in them. It ain't going to stay dark forever. It ain't going to stay dark forever. I'll tell you something. A little storm cloud may come up. It may turn really dark. It may produce tornadoes. It may uh, cause destruction. But that storm is not ordained, amen. It's just a passerby. (laughs) But the sun has been ordained from the beginning to shine. Come on, somebody. That's what I'm talking about. And this gospel has been ordained from the foundation of the world to be preached and to stand, amen. Glory to God. So let these big old brick churches and their praise teams and their skits and whatever else they do, let them go. It ain't bothering me one bit. Hallelujah. Because I realize they just drawing a crowd. Amen. They just drawing a crowd, but they ain't no deliverance there. Ain't no healing there. Ain't no hallelujah salvation that can be found. But when a man or a woman gets under conviction and they see their need, they will seek out a church with power. Amen. They will seek out a people, hallelujah, having deliverance born inside of them. And so these people, the need came, hallelujah, sought it out, sister and brother. Even in a desert place, they left their cities. Come on. They left their cities and they sought out the desert to find the deliverance. Glory to God. But, but it got dark and they got hungry. And the disciples still said, send them away. Send them away. We ain't got no food. Jesus said, Mm-mm, we can't send these folk away. Feed them. Hey! How? That's what's going to happen. The people are going to get hungry. And they're going to demand something to eat. And Jesus is going to look at every one of us with our empty pockets and say, Now feed them. Now feed them. I give you a word. Feed them. I give you a deliverance. Feed them. I give you power over the enemy. Feed them. But Jesus, I ain't got nothing. You should have been gathering. You should have been storing. The whole time John the Baptist was preaching, make his way straight. The whole time you were walking with me and talking with me. The whole time you were seeing the miracles. You should have been gleaning, amen. Now feed them. Come on, is this straight? Is this right? But Jesus said unto them, They need not depart. Give them something to eat. But they said unto him, We have here but five loaves and two fishes. And he said, Just bring them to me. <laughs> just That's enough. Amen. If I can just have two people, amen, who will stand in faith with me. Glory to God. It, it don't take a big crowd. It takes one or two. Hallelujah. It takes just a little bit of faith. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And he commanded the multitudes to sit down on the grass. And he took these little loaves, the five and the two, and he looked up to heaven. And he blessed and break it and gave the loaves to his disciples and the disciples to the multitude. Hallelujah. And that's the way we find the Word of God flowing, amen, from God to us to the multitude. Is that right, somebody? He's not looking for everybody in the church house, but He is looking for somebody in the church house, amen, to be a vessel that He can flow through, to be somebody He can use, glory to God. Hallelujah. You may not have gleaned in the field and got all that was necessary, but I'm thankful that Jesus is still around, glory to God. I'm thankful that He's sending His Spirit back, hallelujah, to do that thing that we cannot do, but He still needs a vessel, amen. 
He still needs somebody willing to pick up a basket. Hallelujah. Not a microphone, but a basket. There's going to come a time when God's going to say, you need not preach, you need to feed now. There's going to come a time when he's going to say, put the microphone down and pick up the oil bottle. Amen. You've preached and preached and preached. Now do, do, do. Do something about it. Amen. And they all did eat and they were filled. And they took up of the fragments that remained 12 baskets full. (laughs) And they that had eaten were about 5,000 men besides the women and children. Now verse 22 was the whole verse that I was wanting to get to out of all of this that the Lord spoke to me about in prayer. Verse 22 says, And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into the ship. Why? Why? Because he could feel something rising up in their heart. He could feel something rising up in their heart. And this is where the prayer took me. This is where, when Sister Lisa began to minister, this is where it took me. When this sister began to minister, this is where this took me. You got two choices. You can either go to prayer or you can go to the storm. That's what happens after we have great healings and great deliverance and great miracles and great moves of God. Flesh will do what flesh has always done, which is rise up. Prayer ain't just to find out what you need to do. Prayer is to keep you in check. Prayer is to keep your flesh crucified. Amen. There's more to prayer than just one or two little things. Prayer, amen, is is your vitamins. Hallelujah. In the spirit. You read what happens here. Jesus, he put them on a boat, but then he went to pray. Come on, read it with me. Matthew 14. Don't take my word for it. Verse 22, and straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitude away. And when he had sent the multitude away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. To pray. Where did he send them? He sent them on board a boat into a storm. Amen. You're going to pray one way or another. You're going to pray. If you're born of God, you're going to pray. So you can either steal away. There's this sweet song. Thank you, my sister. There's this sweet song. I just steal away. I just steal away. I just steal away somewhere and pray. So let's just steal away. Oh, let's just steal away. Let's just steal away somewhere and pray. Amen. You know that song, Sister Kathy, don't you? No, you don't know that? There's, anybody recognize that song? Oh, my goodness, that's just me. It must be a Baptist song then. <laughs> but it's, it's a song nonetheless, Brother Donald. Help Sister out. Do you, you know that song? You've heard it. Okay. We just steal away. We just need to steal away and pray. I want to tell you, if you are born of God, you will pray. You will steal away and pray, or you'll go through a storm and pray. But they were being led of God. The disciples were being trained in the field. Hallelujah. They were having field training. 101. And after they had seen the, uh, the John the Baptist body being buried and the forerunner was gone and now they were live action. It was being broadcast live, in other words. I mean, we was on live stream. Everybody was watching. 
and it didn't stop the crowd. It didn't stop the need just because the forerunner was gone. Now the rain was there. Hallelujah. Now the former rain was gone, and now the rain was pouring down. Hallelujah. And people had needs. The need didn't stop. And they realized that the need couldn't be met in the city. They came out. They sought him out in the desert place. They was willing to go to the desert place. They was willing to leave their lunch behind. They was willing to leave their vehicles behind. They was willing to leave their nice clothes behind. They was willing to leave everything behind, amen, to get that need met. Hallelujah. And when they found the Lord, he began to touch them. The Bible said he began to heal them all. He had compassion on them. And he began to heal all that were sick. And then the disciples said, it's getting dark. We need to send them away. And Jesus said, no, we can't leave them hungry. Hallelujah. I want to tell you, even though I might get my healing, I still got a hungry spirit, amen, inside of me. When these people come, amen, to be healed of their sickness and their disease, hallelujah, we need a word that we can send with them, glory to God. You can't just heal the flesh and send them on their way, amen, that's not prospering the kingdom. Uh, You heal their sickness and their disease, you cast out the devils that's in them, hallelujah, you relieve their torments, amen, and then you install the word of God, feed them the word, amen, let them fill up on the word, they've emptied themselves out of the world, now fill them with the word, glory to God. But in the process of doing that, hallelujah, we've got to steal away and pray. We've got to realize that it's not us, but it's through Him we can do all things. Hallelujah. Is that the word? It doesn't say Susie can do all things. It says I can be more than a conqueror through Him who strengthens me. But pride, pride will rise up. Hallelujah. And we've got to keep that thing in check. I'll tell you, sometimes it'd be a good idea after you've ministered a word and you've and people's been healed and they stood in the prayer line and they've lined up and they've prayed, prayed, prayed. It'd be a good thing. I like what Brother John does. He stays back here most of the service getting prepared and then he comes out and he ministers. Hallelujah. But you know what? It might be a good thing if we did it the other way around every now and then. We come out and minister a good word and then we head out the side door before anybody can pat us on the back. Hey, come on now. Before anybody can get, has a time to say, good preaching, wonderful. Oh, I, I needed that so bad. I, well, I know you needed this one. God sent it. Amen. It ain't got one thing to do with me. It's God. And we got to get that flesh under submission. And we got to understand that it's not a one-man person show. Hallelujah. But it's a body ministry. And we're all working together. Hallelujah. You see how the front of the service went? We've done we went through three different people. Is that right? Building, 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 building. I don't know who will come next before Brother Metter comes out. It's all right with me. I've done like Lisa. I finished my course. I've said what God wanted me to say. Amen. And now it's ready to hand the baton off to someone else until Brother Metter comes out. But I want to tell you something. This, this flow that's happening right here is the flow of prayer. Hallelujah. It's the flow of prayer. Saying that we need to find a place, amen, of prayer before prayer finds you. I want to tell you, if you don't find prayer, it will find you. It will find you right in the middle of a storm. And Jesus purposely put them on the boat. Woo! Amen. There's been times, brother, I've walked right into a pitfall myself, brother Don. I mean, saw it and just kept right on walking. I don't know if I was just exercising my faith, thinking I can walk, step across this or what have you. (laughs) Sometimes we do. I can make it. And then wind straight up, falling down, having to holler out, save me, Lord, ere I perish. But there's been some times the Lord said, Susie, I need you to go. And I'm like, okay, I'll get right in the boat. Sun's shining, start, start paddling out, you know. And then all of a sudden, the further you get, you realize the clouds are getting dark. And you're like, hmm, look back and there ain't no land. And you're like, hmm, 
Oh, mercy. <laughs> I'm not sure which way is the closest, here or there. So I'll just keep going, keep going, and just storm starts raging all around. Storm starts raging all around. And then we begin to pray. Then we begin to call out. And then we begin to cry out. Amen. Somebody ever done that? Wave your hand at me. Hallelujah. Don't let me feel like I'm the only one. Lord sent them right into the storm to put them into prayer. Glory to God. I've often wondered why didn't he say, y'all come on and go with me up on the mountain. Boys, we need to pray. Because they'd probably done like Sister Lisa said. This is getting old. I'm tired. Yawning. Don't know how much longer I can do this. I've worked for the Lord all day long. We just, we just laid hands on a million people. We just took, I mean, it was a strain on my spirit, man, to pray over them fish and bread. It was a strain. I was just, I was sweating, and, and it was, I don't go, I ain't got to change of clothes. Here I am, I'm wet with sweat, and I'm tired, and he's wanting to pray. I'm just going to sit here and act like I'm praying for a minute. Next thing you know, you're snoring louder than they're praying. Or the next thing you know, your mind's wandering, and you're off somewhere. And Jesus said, if I can't have faith, then I need y'all out yonder. If I can't have unity, then I need y'all out yonder. Amen. You'll find your unity on that boat. Go ahead and get on board. Oh, Jesus. Is that speaking to us this morning? Is that speaking to us this morning? And now I'm not raking you over the coals on the counter. You didn't get here when the doors open. That's not what I'm saying. And not at all, because sometimes I'm the last one to come in. But I come in, and I get into prayer. And I find God. Amen. It's about finding Him. It's about after you've done the will of God, after you've done the thing that God wanted you to do, get into prayer. Before you go to that wonderful revival where they put your name in the newspaper and they've announced for two weeks that you were coming, get into prayer and find the mind of God. Amen. Once you get there, amen, and you've ministered that word, hallelujah, and brought healing and deliverance to however many is there, amen, get into prayer and pray to subdue your flesh. Pray to subdue your pride. Pray, amen. Come on, that's right. That's right. And that is exactly what the Lord had on my mind this morning whenever I was praying. And then you got up and you started talking about prayer. I'll tell you something. If you want to grumble and gripe about coming into prayer... Walk in at 15 after 11. But you're going to miss something. You're going to miss something. I mean, I'd hate rather somebody walk in 15 after 11 than I had battled their old hateful spirits for the 15 minutes I'm trying to pray. <laughs> Is that right? Because you can feel that. You can feel that. But let me tell you something. <laughs> when the multitude is fed, where is the Lord going to send you? Is he going to send you to the mountain? Or is he going to send you to the ship? Because if you belong to him, you've got one or two places that you're going to go after you work the works of God. Because that's just the way it works. That's just the way God designed it. Amen. Hallelujah. Does that feel good this morning? Hallelujah. That feels good to me. Come on, Sister Lisa. However you feel led to go. I just wanted to share that scripture. God is talking to us. This is the way our services are supposed to be. Everybody, the Lord, as he gives a unction, speaking by the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Isn't that so good? That was really good. I tell you, God is so mindful of us. 
And I love that, the way she was bringing that out. You know, I didn't want to go there, but she went ahead, and that's all right. You know, we got all folk to do all things. And, hey, some people's bulldozers work different than others. <laughs> Lord didn't have me in bulldozer mode. <laughs> he let Susie have a bulldozer mode. That's all right. We've done it. <laughs> we, we get, it's all good. But I'm going to where I'm going to, and what she, what she was saying was, he knows what we're praying, and it, he knows whether we're praying. It's it and for anybody's benefit but our own. The prayer is for our own benefit. And, and I'm, you know, we're not really not just trying to draw service out. I'm really finding the way. I just, you know, finding the way of the Lord here. But that really struck me as she uh, was saying that. We've all done it. We've all prayed and prayed at praying, pretended at praying. But he's really telling us, get it, you know, for real. Get in here and go... It, don't just get on your knees because pastor's on his knees. Get on your knees because you love Jesus. Get on, well, not, knees is metaphorical. You don't have to get on your knees. I don't mean that. I don't mean you have to get on your knees, but I'm talking about get in prayer. Don't do it just because, and don't keep one eye on pastor. Keep one eye on Jesus, or both eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on him. And let's get in this habit, in this way, because I had never seen that scripture like that. But he just cranked them right out in the storm. And he just said, I'm going to the mountain, buddies. I'll see y'all later. Never saw it like that. Never saw that. But boy, how many times. And I love the way you brought that out. That he tells us to do something. And you were just paddling away. Yes, because we want to do for him. And we're paddling away. We're like, I'm going to do for Jesus. I'm going to do for Jesus. He sent me on a mission. And then there's the storm. And I stop. I do. Where did I miss it? Did you not say, I want to call him. Now, wait a minute. You said to go over here, right? Yeah, that's what I said. Okay, did I take the wrong road? There ain't but one way across that lake. <laughs> there ain't but one way across, you know? And you're like, I'm sure I missed it. I'm sure I missed it. Self-doubt. Natural man doubt. But your spirit man got all the faith it needs. Your spirit man's in tune with God. It's that natural man that clouds it over. Partly cloudy of faith because you're partly carnal, partly cloudy. You know, covers up your faith. I've done that when he sent me out. I, Brother John and I were just talking this morning, and I do feel like he'll be coming here shortly. And I feel it's beneficial or I wouldn't stand here. Just, y'all know, I've sat here enough. I don't have, I don't, you know, but when I feel the Lord, I'm going to share it. But we were looking back over times in our lives when you know God's with you. You know it. You know it. When our house burned, so much turmoil, and I'm sitting in this band concert because life goes on. Kids still had to finish out the school year, May 3rd. You know, you got the rest of or May 2nd. See, praise God, I don't even know what day it was anymore. That's good. Well, anyway, somewhere around the, in that first part of May, so school, you know, doing all these band concerts, graduation, life goes on. I'm sitting there in this band concert. I couldn't care one thing about it. I'm there because my daughter, you know, I got to... <laughs> And I'm sitting there, and I'm about to cry. I don't have a roof over my head. Yes, I'm staying with my parents. That is a roof, and I'm very thankful for that. But it's not my roof. And I have children. And my son, and I just cried. I felt like a failure. I didn't burn my house. God did. But you know what I'm saying? I, I, felt, I felt responsible. I said, I don't have a place to live. And I had already talked to the Board of Education. I knew the, the superintendent. We were good very good acquaintances and and he told me 
technically, you know, wherever your children live, they have to go to school in that district. Where Christopher's getting ready to start high school and all these natural things, right? They're hanging out there. God's so mindful of every situation. And I said, oh, God, this can't be happening. This can't be happening. And I was like, my son, what am I going to do? But the superintendent, he says, I'm going to do my best wherever you land to keep him in school, you know, but that means I'm going to have to drive him, you know, all that stuff. So I'm sitting there with all that swirling, this this tornado in my head. And this man walks, I'm not walked up to me, I'm sitting there in the concert getting ready. He comes running up to me. He says, Lisa, I've been out of town. I just heard your house burn. What can I do? I said, I need a house. He said, my neighbor needs to rent her house. He lived right around the corner from us. God did that. I knew instantly. I knew instantly. I said, oh, my God, give me her name right now. And he did. I mean, it was just that quick because I was dead. How, how many people, how many of y'all, have you been in a situation, most of us, our pride is so in the way, where somebody says, how can I help you? You say, oh, no, I got it. Honey, I was way past that. I was like, I need a house. I mean, because I was dead serious. I need a house. I wasn't kidding. I need a house. And like that, he said, my neighbor. Give me your name. And I wrote it right there. And I said, I'm calling that woman, buddy. I was waiting to hurry up and get this concert over, buddy. I'm ready to call her right now. And we did, and God did it. And it was right around the corner. And not only that, the guy's son, it was his neighbor. That guy's son could drive. He drove Christopher to school every day. Didn't even have to ride the bus, which he didn't have a problem with the bus. But, you know, it was this little perk. Had, you know, God's so mindful. It might have mattered to Christopher. It didn't matter to me whether he rode the bus. But you know what? God is so mindful, but we were in so much hell. We were in so much torment. It was so bad. It was really bad. Don't tell me that was just stuff. Please, I will have a conversation with you about just stuff sometimes. Okay? I will. I'm telling you, God's going to bring you through. Bless God, you're in pain. You feel the breath leaving your body. Tell me God's going to bring me through. I don't know what I'm going to go through till he does. I got to paddle that thing to the other side. So don't be telling me God sent me here. I know it. God controls every circumstance. He creates every circumstance. I know that. He sent me out into that lake. He shoved me off from shore. Here, hon, I'll give you a little help. And shoved me right on out there. Yep, here's a little, I'm sitting, you ever pushed off from shore, you're sitting down, you can't get off the bank, right? Got a little too much weight in the sand? He's like, you need something, hey, give me a little push. (laughs) Jesus gives us a little push right on out, right? So, don't tell me that, don't tell me it's just stuff, that was my hell, so don't, you don't even know what all went with it. It was way more than stuff. It was my feelings being hurt at God. That's what the whole thing was about. And my feelings were hurt because God did this to me. And what did I do being a good Christian girl to deserve that? That's what the whole trial, the biggest part, I guess I shouldn't say the whole, but the overwhelming part, when it push came to shove, at the end of the day in 2007, when he spoke to me, Lisa, me, about that fire, Hosea 6, it said, return unto me. Read it. I have smitten 
And I've bound up, I've torn, I probably got get it just right, but smitten but healed and bind and you know, torn and bound up, whatever, read it, first part of there. Hosea six. Great big humi you know, humiliation or humbling reality check. I don't like the word humiliation. I like humbling better. I think it's more appropriate for what God does. And I had to face it, Brother Kevin. I had got away from God in the way he wanted me. I named myself a Christian. I talked like a Christian. I did a lot of Christian-looking things. Married to a preacher to boot. Went to church. Justified not going to church because I didn't want to hear anybody but my husband. Justified that. Drove when it was convenient. Made sure I wasn't out of church, but so long. Because, you know, I'm like, you know, we got a safety net. We're like, I can miss, I can miss. Oh, oh, I can, you know, we got lines in the sand. And we start backing over them. Well, that line, I could probably go another two weeks. I'll be all right. You know, I'm thinking I could probably wait till he's a little closer. And you start getting out from the Spirit of God. Start getting out from conviction. Because that's when you're under the anointing. It's going to prove out your flesh and bring conviction. I cranked out my bulldozer. The Holy Ghost just cranked up my bulldozer. We're going to get it straight this morning. He's talking to us today. He's talking to us. So that's what that trial was about. Probably other things, but the biggest part of it, Kevin, is I had to face the fact I had left God. <gasps> that's right. I had left him. He didn't leave me. I left him. And I had to face it. Was I evil and mean? No. Did I even go worldly places that the church would condemn? No. But I was all about self. All about self. And tack a little God onto it. Tack a little Jesus covering over it. A little Christian emotion over it. And that makes it seem okay. But I was drifting further and further from God. So he shoved me right out into that storm where I had to call on him. I had no choice, brother buddy. I had come to the end of myself. I had never in my life been to the end of myself. I was 40 years old. I had never in my life been to the end of myself. You might find that surprising. Whatever. I'm just telling you, that's my life. Everybody's life is different. I didn't have struggle in my life. I had a good upbringing. I had good parents. We were well provided for. I had a mother that, grandmother, they taught me those things in God and all of those things. I didn't have those struggles. God, when he created me, gave me abilities and ways of thinking and things that proved well in this world. Everybody's not like that. Everybody's, some people are way far down the road than me. I'm telling y'all the truth. I'm trying to get self out of the way. So I glided through life with my own coping skills, right, that he gave me, thinking, well, God, you gave it to me. So I handled it, forgetting to let him handle it. Well, he made sure I couldn't handle it. 
And he took me down to that place till 2005 when I was 42. And that's how long it took for my ship <laughs> really to reach the middle <laughs> where the storm was <laughs> really just beginning pretty good. I'm a pretty good Freddy cat, I guess, because <laughs> once that storm got going, because my real hell came after that. But thank God I called on him then because hell really was, the worst of it was later. So I called on him. And I went back to what I know works because that's what he spoke to me. Go back to what you know works. And I did. But it was hard. Kevin, it was hard for me to find my way back. I didn't know anything. I thought I knew a lot. But you know what, Sister Pat, I came to that place. I'm sure I've said it here before, but I'm saying it again. I prayed that prayer. God, I don't even know if you hear me when I pray. I know you hear John, but I don't know if you hear me. And when those words came out of my mouth, I was horrified. The truth had come out of my mouth. And I said, God, I don't know how I got here. That I don't know. I walked with you in my life. I have walked with you most of my life. How I can come to this place where I don't know if you hear me when I pray, but I know you can hear my husband. I said, something's wrong. I don't know how I got here, but I'm not staying here. I am not staying here. Kevin, I did not stay there. And I poo-hooed and pity-pity. But then the Spirit of God spoke in me, and he said, thank God his Spirit's still there. Thank God he did not leave me in my hell. He didn't leave me in my carnality, in myself. He had a desire and expected end, and he spoke, and it hit my spirit, and it came alive. It was like a drop of rain on that parched earth. And he said, go back to what you know works. And I know I've told it, and I say I'm telling it again. I got up off that floor. And I did, I know right where I was. And I did a 180, literally, spiritually. And I said, I know what that is. That's the way I was raised. Prayer, 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 and the Word of God. That's right. And I began walking that hall, trying to string a scripture. I couldn't even quote a whole scripture. Isn't that pathetic? Where are we in God? Where, well, maybe some people can just quote it out the wazoo. That doesn't make it right either. You know, that doesn't make you that much closer to God either. That just happened to be where I was. Shame. Yeah, you might pray, quote it out the wazoo, but can you pray till you touch God? You know what I'm saying? Get real. Let's get real. I had to get real. So it takes those storms to cause us to pray. But then, just before, I know... Uh, just, that prayer is to, for deliverance so many times but it's bring us to relationship because I got past that place see I got past that place of oh God help me oh God help me I'm going to lose my mind I'm going to lose my mind you probably got past the place oh God heal me oh God heal me don't let me die don't let me die you know every, whatever your prayer is God don't let me kill somebody don't let me kill somebody don't let me kill somebody <laughs> whatever your situation is because then we reach that place of peace. I'm like, you know what? In your presence is peace. And then he draws us. 
and teaches us. Maybe this is all really familiar today. That's great. I think the Lord's bringing it out because we might want to do a refresh. Reboot your computer. Refresh that thing. Turn your cell phone off and on. Let it refresh. Refresh. Check up on our prayer lives and our relationship. That's where I missed it. And I'm making sure I don't want to miss it again. I don't want to be shoved out. But if it takes being shoved out in that storm, I'm good with that. If, if that's what's necessary, I want what's necessary to get me to the other side where he wants me to be because he's going to meet me. He's got something to do over there. I want to be ready. Amen. Bear witness today. I pray it does. Take it and ponder on it. You know, there's all kinds of me that there's all kinds of the word to be delivered. Everybody loves divine revelation. I like divine living. I want to live it. People are so busy trying to get the revelation way up here. I'm like, I need to live every day because the devil attacks me every day. My flesh rises up every day. I got to live it, Brother Donald. Amen. Y'all stand up today. Let's get ready. Let's keep reaching out to the world. Let these words that have come forth this morning penetrate your spirit and your heart. Let it penetrate. And let's let God just continue His work today and receive Brother Metter. Thank you, Jesus. Let's just go to prayer. And let's ask God to give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to understand. Will you do that with me right now? Righteous Father, in the holy name of Jesus. Lord, we need more than just a good message. We need a moving and a working of your spirit to grab hold of our souls today. God, take the scales off of our eyes and let us see the reality of the forces of evil that's in this world. Let us see, God, that there's got to be a visitation of your word and your spirit to this generation. Lord, we've come to that place. God, that it's good against evil, light against dark. God, we've come to that place that you wrote in your word where men calls evil good and good evil, bitter sweet and sweet bitter. The only thing that's going to change anything it's going to be a working of your spirit. If there's ever been a day when we need the ability and the wisdom and the understanding to seek first the kingdom of God and your righteousness. It's now. Let the very scales be taken off our eyes, the very dullness be moved out of our ears. Take that spiritual scalpel. And cut away this spirit, this force. God, that's on men's hearts, that's caused them to get so lethargic spiritually, that he's got so easy in Zion. Wake us up, holy God. Let your name be glorified. Let it be magnified. Let it be lifted up. We give you honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Y'all go ahead and be seated. I tell you, I feel the seriousness of the hour. And if you've ever gotten serious about anything, it's time to get serious about prayer. It's time to get serious about prayer because 
do God's people come to the place that they're willing to get in prayer corporately, not just individually? The church is not going to go anywhere. I mean, let's say that I get in prayer and seek God, and I fervently seek God, and God brings a visitation in my spirit. What's that going to do for you? It's time for the body to seek the Lord. Seriously. It's time for the body to seek the Lord. And if we don't seek the Lord, we're fixing to wind up in trouble. And I didn't have time to finish my notes, so y'all just going to have to uh, bear with me. I guess I'm just going to have to wing it today. But I got a lot in my spirit. I don't know how much of it I can get out. But there is a visitation of the Spirit of God that God wants to bring us. But God wants us ready. God wants us ready. And I don't know uh, I don't know if I've been in service here since the Lord showed me that visitation of Him coming down this road or not. I don't think I've been here. But I was in prayer Monday a week ago because we was in Alabama last weekend. But the Lord took me out in the Spirit and it's like I was standing over here but I could see this road. And I saw Jesus coming out of them woods headed toward the church here. And the Word of the Lord came to me. said He returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee. And I knew He was coming out of that wilderness with that visitation of power and authority. But He was way back here. I saw him take a step and he grew 25 feet. He took another step and he grew 50 feet. He took another step and grew 75 feet. The time he got almost out here, even with the church, is almost 100 foot tall. And the Lord snapped me from across that road to right beside him. And I didn't come to his ankle bone. And I saw right there those nail prints. There's almost eye level. I saw them. And I said, Lord, what is it that you're showing me? He said, I'm showing you how I grew in the authority and dominion of the Word. And he said, I'm right beside my church now. I'm right beside my church. And there's coming a visitation. And I ain't talking about no long time off. I ain't talking about no long time off. Turn your Bible to Matthew six thirty-three, Sister Susie. Where's our microphone at? It doesn't matter who reads it, but let me... Bring the, give the microphone to Sister Susie. Man, I tell you, there's just something radiating in my spirit. I feel such victory. I feel such dominion and authority in God. I want Sister Susie to read this scripture in Matthew 6, 33. says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Okay, what did the Lord tell us? But seek ye first. Not second, not third, not middle, not last. Seek ye first. What does he want us to seek? The kingdom of God. What is the kingdom? Don't tell me I've done all this preaching. Y'all can't tell me what the kingdom is. Right here. Bringing the dominion, the authority, the power over every circumstance, every situation, dominion over all his creation. Psalms 8, what is man that thou art mindful of man? 
that are mindful of him, of the Son of Man, that thou hast visited him, set him over the works of all of thy hands, over the sheep, over the cattle, over the flocks, over the birds, set him over everything. What are we seeking for? Is this our first priority? It's what God said. You make your first priority seeking me that my righteousness can live inside of you. We don't have righteousness of ourselves. The church has gone through a phase of all this outward dress. Doing this and doing that to be righteous. No, your righteousness comes by Him living in you. Don't come any other way. God said your righteousness are as filthy rags in my sight. And it's time to seek. Where do you seek? On your knees. We've taken the very thing we need and we've pushed it to the back burner and that's prayer. We've taken the very thing we need that God has put in us to give us power and authority and dominion over every situation and circumstance and we've pushed it to the back burner. And it's time to get it back on the front burner. It's time to get it back on the front burner because I'm going to tell you, I'm going to declare this kingdom. I will declare this kingdom this year. I will declare this kingdom. And I'm going to declare the mysteries of it. I'm going to go in the depths of it. And you either receive it or you don't. Because it's time for the hostile, for the dominion of God to sit down inside of us. There's nothing that if you'll set your heart to seek God in His kingdom, there's nothing that will be impossible unto you. There's nothing. You know, I was praying last night and I started putting these scriptures together and I believe I've got one of the greatest words if I can get it out today on the kingdom of God because it's seek ye first. Seek ye first. God's people have got off track here. They've got off track there. They've got distracted with this. They've got distracted with that. And we've lost our priority. We've lost our priority of seeking first. Seeking first the very dominion. My God, why do we want to fight these problems and troubles and upsetness and powers of Satan and wrestle with them and war with them and let them beat us down if we would just step back and seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness and get this revealed in us. We can put these things down. We can put them down. I was in prayer early this morning. And the Lord started dealing with me. You know, Revelation 1.18 talks about, that he said, I have the keys of hell and death. I have the keys to hell and death. And then just like that, the Lord went to Matthew 16.18. And he said to Peter, he said, Behold, I give unto you the keys of the kingdom. Do you know the keys of hell and death and the keys of the kingdom are one and the same? When you got the keys of the kingdom, you got the keys of hell and death. Woo! <laughs> I'm going to make you think this morning. I'm going to make you think this morning. Are you hearing me? When you've got the keys of hell and death, you've got the keys of the kingdom. Because when you've got the keys of the kingdom, he said, whatsoever you ask on, uh, bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And you don't get that. 
unless you understand Ephesians 1 and 20 when he said what he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. When you, well, when you understand what he wrought in Christ and how he set him above everything in heaven, everything in earth, and everything under the earth. When he set him above all principalities and powers. When he set him above every force and power, every demon, every angel. Are you hearing me? Let me tell you something. When Jesus walked this earth, he was not above the angels. Because the Bible said in Hebrews, he made him a little lower than the angels. So he would suffer death. And that wasn't natural death. That was spiritual death. So he could suffer death. And so he could crown him with glory. Are y'all with me today? I may say something y'all may not understand. But you better hang with me. Because the Lord has done put in my spirit and told me. This is the year that I am going to declare. The gospel of the kingdom. For there is no other gospel that can be preached. That's going to bring power, dominion, authority. And the revealing of the Christ. Hallelujah. You may get people saved. You may even have a healing or two. But until the gospel of the kingdom, the gospel that Jesus come preaching, until you begin to preach that, you are not walking in that realm that you can reach dominion over everything and you can reach that place. See, this kingdom don't just bring a deliverance gospel. It lays a foundation for a life that will kill sin and bring dominion uh, over the body of sin. Hallelujah. We've had Elijah. We've had Moses. We've had Elisha. In our day, we've had Azusa Street. We've had Kenyon, Wigglesworth, Cole, Allen, Roberts, Branham. And where are God's people at? Still bound in sin. Still walking in doctrines and traditions of man and still bound by the sin nature. You know why? The gospel of the kingdom has never been preached. And I'm fixing to preach it. You hearing me? I'm fixing to preach this kingdom like I ain't never preached it. People are going to come to understand that Jesus did not just pay with his body. He paid with his soul. Are you hearing me? He paid with his body, his blood, and his soul when his soul became an offering for sin. You got to come to that knowledge. You got to come to that understanding. The horrors that Jesus faced when he went into them pits of hell. He didn't go down there a victor. He didn't go down there victorious and go in there and snatch the keys out of Satan's hand. The Bible said in 2 Corinthians 5 and 21, he that knew no sin became sin. And when he became came sin for us and he died on that cross and all the sins of the world was laid on him and his soul was made sin he didn't have but one place he could go and that was into the pits of hell to pay for my sins and your sins to suffer the horrors the flames the torments the sorrows Psalms 18 and 5 and 6 talks about how the sorrows of hell and the pains of death get hold of him and a flood of ungodly men was around him and he said I was afraid y'all hear me you hear what I'm telling you the church is afraid to preach this 
they're ashamed to preach this. Some of y'all act like y'all ashamed to let people know that you believe something different than the doctrine men's taught. But let me tell you something. You talk about his body. You talk about his blood. You talk about the forgiveness of sin. That's good. But there had to be something happen that bound Satan. There had to be something happen that destroyed the devil that took the keys of hell and death out of his hands. And it didn't happen by his body. It didn't happen by his blood. It happened because Isaiah 53 and 10 said, When thou hast made my soul an offering for sin, and Isaiah 53 and 12, when I has poured out my soul unto death. Legally, because God is the God of laws and principles, legally, Jesus Christ suffered spiritual death and legally took the keys of hell and death right out of the devil's hands. Because once he paid for all them sins, there was an innocent soul right there. There was an innocent soul right there. That's why he said, Thou will not leave my soul in hell, neither will I suffer thy holy one to see corruption. You ain't going to leave my soul in hell, and you ain't going to leave my body in the grave long enough to start rotting. I'm coming out. And when I come out, I'm coming out with the keys of hell and death. I'm coming out victorious. I'm coming out, hallelujah, ascending to the throne room of God. And I'm going to walk in that holy temple behind that veil. I'm going to put my blood on that mercy seat. And by doing that, I'm going to obtain eternal redemption for man. And then I'm coming back, hallelujah, and I'm declaring that I am now God in the flesh and all power in heaven and earth now dwells and lives in me hallelujah and I got victory and when I ascended up on high I led captivity captive I took spiritual death took it captive are y'all listening to me we act like we're ashamed of what God's revealing to us this is where the power is this is where the power is. This is where the power is. When I had that vision back in, I think it was June of 2015, I got on my knees that morning in the office, pray about 5.30. Lord took me out on the edge of the universe. And I stood there looking at the planets. Everything was out of orbit. Wasn't moving right. It was slow, lethargic, it's like nothing was moving right. And all of a sudden, there was a huge explosion. And man, when my eyes cleared, that blinding light left. Everything was spinning just right. He said, I have put things back in my divine order. He said, when man sinned, everything got out of order. He said, but... What I wrought in Christ when I raised him from the dead, I put everything back in my divine order, and there was not just a resurrection. I, this was a reconciliation I, that I gave man the ability to find his way back 
to God. He gave us the ability. He gave us the ability to find our way back to him. He said in Hebrews, I have consecrated a new and a living way through the veil. That is to say his flesh. How did Jesus conquer sin in the flesh? Through his flesh. He came through that veil and he consecrated and made a new and a living way. Why did he make a new and a living way? Because that way, that tree of life in the garden had the cherub standing there with a flame of sword and it turned every way to keep man from getting to it. So a new and a living way had to be consecrated. Are y'all with me today? I'm not ashamed of this gospel. I'm not ashamed of this gospel. Susie, find Mark 1.14, please. Or Sister Susie. Didn't mean to be disrespectful. Man, there's something burning in my spirit today. Yes, ma'am. See, people want to preach just on repentance. They want to preach salvation. That's good. But that don't take you nowhere in deliverance. That don't take you nowhere in deliverance. I'm preaching a gospel that people don't want nothing to do with. I'm preaching a gospel the church world don't want. They don't want me to preach it in their churches. They don't want me to preach it to their people. They don't want me to teach this. Because they don't want people to gain power. This will put power in you. This will put dominion in you. This will put authority in you. Go ahead. Mark 1 and 14. Now after that John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. He came into Galilee preaching what? No other gospel has ever been preached than the gospel of the kingdom. Go to Matthew 4. And I believe it's 23. I think it's the last verse in Matthew. When John come preaching, what did he say? Repent and prepare ye the way of the Lord for the what? The kingdom of heaven is at the door. And he prepared the way. He laid the foundation. He said, get your life in order. Get every low place brought up smooth. Get every high place cut down low. Get every crooked path made straight. Are y'all hearing me? Get everything in order. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Prepare a highway in the wilderness. Prepare a highway of holiness in the desert for our God. Because he's coming. And he's coming in righteousness. He's coming in holiness. He's coming coming in power. Right? He's coming in authority and he's coming in dominion. Right? And it wasn't very long to here come Jesus. Right? Here come Jesus. Right? What was he preaching? Verse 23 says, And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. Y'all hear that? Jesus come preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And with that gospel came power. With that gospel came authority. With that gospel healed the sick, cleansed the lepers, raised the dead, opened the eyes of the blind, healed the maimed. Are y'all hearing me? And we, we've got off track. Somewhere we've got off track, but we're getting back on. Hallelujah, we're getting back on track. You're going to ride my train, you better get in prayer. And you better make up your mind to get in prayer with the body, get in corporate prayer. I ain't talking about coming in 20 minutes late. My God, I'd rather you be here 20 minutes early than 20 minutes late. Let's get in prayer. I don't care if you can pray like I can, my wife can, anybody else can. I pray what God give me. I pray how God give me. If the Spirit takes me over, I and 
it's a word to the church, then listen. If it ain't, then don't let me get off my knees and see you sitting there looking at me. Because this ain't for me to do. This is for the body to do. This is for the body to labor. See, we've let all these things flood us. We've let all these things come in on us, and it's caused us to back up. It's caused us to get discouraged. It caused us to feel like we can't rise above this. The Word of God in Isaiah, and I think it's 59, said when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard. Can you all say the enemy's come in like a flood? Can you say we've been hit? Are you hearing me? Can you say like in Revelation 12 that the enemy has opened his mouth and issued out waters like a flood. But the Lord said he would help his church. He would help his people. What is God doing for us right now? He is helping us. And he's fixing to found us in prayer. I know it's not scripture, but I've heard it all my life. The world has not seen and does not understand what one man in prayer, what can be wrought in God when one person gives their self to prayer. We fixing to give ourselves to prayer as a body, as an individual, as a lay member, as a minister, as an evangelist. He said, it's you shall, my house shall be called of all nations, the house of prayer. Because that's what people need to do. Is the word good? Yeah. We don't need another good message. I'm all for good teaching and preaching, but it needs to it needs to center on the kingdom. It needs to center on the kingdom. If it goes off from the kingdom, that's fine, but don't get off track from the kingdom. Let it lead back to the kingdom. Let it lead back to the authority. Let it lead back to the dominion. Let it lead back to what he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. Because that's what God spoke in my spirit, what I wrote in Christ when I raised him from the dead. And that put everything back in God's divine order. It opened the way for reconciliation. How that God in Christ was returning man back to himself. The word reconcile means to restore. Adam had the kingdom. Adam had the authority. Adam had the dominion. When he disobeyed God, he gave it away. He put it in the devil's hands. But Jesus came, took it out of the devil's hands. Took the power of sin and death. Are you hearing me? He took it away. He took away the keys of hell and death. He took it away. Are you hearing me? Read Hebrews 2.14. How that he was not, he didn't come like the angels. He didn't come made in the nature of angels. But he came made in the likeness of sinful flesh. He came made like unto his brother not to destroy him that had power of death. That through death he might destroy him that had the power of death. Turn over Hebrews 2.14 says Susie. We're going to get this word out today. I'm just before cutting the devil's head off and handed it to him. I feel it. I feel that dominion. I feel that authority. See, we've let circumstance. Don't you let your circumstance dictate to you, brother. Don't you let nothing know where you're at, nothing you're fighting. Don't you let it dictate uh, anything in your life. Prayer will turn it around. I'm telling you, prayer will turn it around. I'm fighting harder in my mind, my body, and my spirit that ever fought. 
I, I told Brother Michael, because Brother Michael and Sister Patty, I, man, they walked off from close to $120,000 a year I, to pastor that church over there. I, they're down to nothing financially. I'm down to nothing financially. I, I told them the other day, I said, well, you might as well say I, we have bet our life I, on this gospel. We bet our life on this kingdom. I, and God's going to come through for us because I stand to lose everything I got in the natural. I, but what did Paul say? I, I have suffered the loss of all things. I, I have suffered the loss of all things. I, let me tell you, sometimes all these possessions hinder you. I, they burden you down. They bog you down. They mess you up. I, but Paul said, I count all things like but dung I, that I may win Christ, I, that I may come that excellency I, of the knowledge of my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ I, and finding in him his righteousness I, and having not my own I, that I may know him I, in the power I, of his resurrection I, and the fellowship I, of his sufferings. Here's a scripture nobody can explain. Being made conformable unto his death. Church will can't explain that. Ain't none of y'all going to be crucified on the cross, more than likely. Y'all ain't going to be whipped at the whipping post. But that ain't what he's talking about. When the Holy Ghost comes back, what the Lord told me on February the 13th, or 16th, 2013, the Spirit of Christ is the resurrected power of God mixed with the humanity of man. You fixing to get an indwelling of the Holy Ghost that brings in the man Christ Jesus, that brings in the total authority, power, and resurrection of the Christ, that resurrected power, and when you get that, you're going to know what he suffered. You're going to know when his soul went to hell, how he was crowded around by the floods of ungodly men, how the sorrows of hell compassed him, how the pains of death get hold of him, how he felt them flames, how he wrestled against the tormenting forces of hell. I can see the devils saying to him, Ah, son of God, where are you now? Son of man, where are you now? You sent me back to this awful place, but now you're here. I ain't coming out and you ain't coming out. Can you imagine the torment? Can you imagine the most righteous man? He that knew no sin became sin. And he took mine and your sins into the pit. And he paid for them. And I can see him there being beat down, tormented. Oh my God, railed on. And I can see him there. My God just beat down. And I can see him praying, Lord, for this reason, I went to the cross. You said, Thou will not leave my soul in hell, neither will I suffer. Thou holy one to see corruption because of this very word. My flesh did rest in hope. I went to that cross believing in you. I'm believing in you. Do not let my enemies rule over me. Do not let my enemies gain victory over me. And while he was doing that, them sins was coming off one at a time. He was paying for adultery, fornication. He was paying for all the transgressions that men had committed. And when it come off of him, my God, he stood up right in the middle of hell. He walked up to the devil. He said, put him right there. Put him right there. The devil said, what you want? Want the keys of hell and death. Want the power of spiritual death that you've held man in bondage. Read it, Sister Susie. Hebrews 2.14. 
Hebrews 2.14 says, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. See there? He done it like me and you. He done it as a man. He done it as a man. Are you hearing me? You can't say the fullness of God lived in him when he walked this earth. That the Bible said he was made a little lower than the angels. He was made a little lower than the angels, Brother Kevin. For the suffering of death. Hebrews 2 and 9 will tell you that, that he was made a little lower than the angels. And by the grace of God that he should taste death for every man. Do y'all believe that if the Lord tarries we'll go through spiritual death? So he wasn't talking about, I mean, physical death. So he wasn't talking about physical death. We all going to taste the physical death if the Lord don't tarry. But he said that he should taste death for every man. <laughs> By God, will stand up and sing, I owed a debt I, I could not pay. And he paid a debt. I, or he paid a debt I, that, that he did not owe and, and something like that. And he came and he took our sins. He took our transgressions. I, yeah, but he done more than that. I, he broke the bondage of spiritual death. I, as a man, not made I, like the angels, but made like his brethren. I, he didn't come in the nature of uh, the angels. He didn't come after the seed of Abraham. I, but it behooved him. I, go on and keep reading, says Susie. Verse 15, and delivered them, and delivered them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. What bondage was man subject to? Spiritual death. What did he fear? Not knowing where he was going when he died, because until Jesus Christ came, there was no eternal life. Until Jesus Christ came, there was no hope. Man lived by the law best he could. He took his chances. He didn't know where he was going when he died. Are y'all hearing me? Because there had been no eternal life proclaimed. There had been no remission of sins out from under the law proclaimed. That's the reason when John the Baptist come preaching, repent and be baptized for the remission of sin. Everybody said, that ain't the law. Who is this crazy man? He ain't a priest. My God, he's a wild man coming out of the wilderness dressed in, dressed in camel's hair. Got a leathern girdle about his waist. Eating locusts and wild honey. Are y'all hearing me? Where'd he come from? The Bible said John was in the desert from his birth to the days of his showing in Israel. He was out there separated. And then here come the word of the Lord. In the day when Ananias and Caiaphas was high priest, the word of the Lord came to John in the wilderness. They were standing up reading the dead law in the temple. Reading the letter of the dead law. Everybody sitting there trying not to fall asleep. And here come a cry. Repent! And be baptized for the remission of sin. Prepare ye the way of our God for our God's coming everybody goes what who said that where'd that come from the priest stand up and reading that dead letter Bible said it had a veil over it they couldn't understand it it was dead it was dry my God they come out of that temple heard that cry prepare you the way of the Lord make his path straight make his path straight our God's coming get him a highway made 
Get him a straight way. Get him a holy way. Get him a clean way. Get things out of your heart and life. Get ready for the kingdom of heaven. The authority and dominion of God is stepping down to earth. Do y'all realize when you pray, Thy kingdom come, O Lord, Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Do you know He rules everything in heaven? Now He's going to bring it to earth. Now He's going to bring it to earth. Everything's subject to Him in heaven. Everything's really subject to Him in earth and in hell. But He's fixing to put it in us. He's fixing to reveal this Christ in us. The very thing that rules heaven. Fix and come to earth. Is thy will be done in heaven. So let it be in earth. Right here. Right here. Because when he took them keys of hell and death from Satan. In Revelation 1.18 you go to Colossians. And I believe it's the second chapter. It said he triumphed openly. Triumphed over him openly. Right in the middle of hell. He, he declawed. Detoothed, <laughs> however you want to say it, he took away Satan's authority. First John one three and eight says, "For this purpose," said he that sinneth is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose was the Son of God manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Hebrews two fourteen he destroyed the devil. He destroyed him that had power of spiritual death. How did he do it? He tasted of spiritual death. He went into the pits of hell as a transgressor, took mine and your sins, paid for them, set us free. Set us free, obtained eternal redemption. Hallelujah. And then the Spirit of God entered into him. And y'all will have pardon. Y'all hang on. But when he entered into him, because that soul was dead. Y'all hear me? That soul was dead. That's the reason he said, I'm the first begotten from the dead. I'm the firstborn from the dead. I'm the first begotten of the dead. Why? He had to be reborn. He had to be rebirthed out of that pit of hell. He was born with a soul. Gave that soul an offering for sin. When he was reborn, he became a quickening spirit. The sin nature will live in a living soul. Sin nature can't live in a quickening spirit. When he come out of that tomb, he come out immortal. He come out eternal. He come out incorruptible. And he didn't have to battle sin nature no more. You say, did he battle it? While he walked this earth, he was made like me and you. He didn't have no choice. Ooh, I know I'm getting deep. But I've been preaching this to y'all. When I come up here, Sister Patch, you know I had that seven-day revival. And I sat right there in that chair and I said, you're going to know what I believe before I agree to pastor this church and I put this revelation out there. I put this revelation out there. And this has been hid. This is the mystery that God gave Paul. This is the mystery that God gave Peter. Are you hearing me? I've got stacks of scriptures that I can back this up. And it's time for it to be preached. 
It's time for this gospel of the kingdom to be declared because this is where the power is. This is where the power is. Do I believe in his stripes? Yes. Do I believe in his blood? Yes. But I believe in what he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. I'm not just going to step out here a creature washed in the blood of the Lamb made free from sin. I'm going to step out here with a spirit of the living Christ in me that has been given dominion over what's in heaven, what's in earth, and what's under the earth. I am going to walk in total dominion. I am going to walk as Jesus walked on this earth. First taking on the ministry of the Son of Man. And then when this comes in, I'm going to take on the ministry of the Son of God. Hallelujah. I am ready. I am ready. You better get ready. Because when God gave me that word back in November of 2014, on November the 9th, I told you all about them plane crashes. I told you all about them preachers died. Did you all know there's been another major earthquake in the Solomon Islands of over seven points? That's five earthquakes in that region since November the 14th as a sign of the ministry of the Son of Man. What God tell us last June 21st, the ministry of the Son of Man speaks to step on the scene. It's fixing to step on the scene. He told us again, I think September said, the ministry of the Son of Man is fixing to step on the scene. Spoke a prophecy on the 4th of November, uh, 4th of September, and the first thing he said was, I changed the course of man in the earth, and I bring to you a new and a different and a fresh anointing. Almighty God, I ain't talking about just tongues. I ain't talking about just shouting. I ain't talking about a little prophecy or a little healing. I'm talking about the very revealing of the Christ, the very authority and dominion of God of what he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead because if he wrought it in him and his spirit comes back to abide in us he's bringing it back he's going to live right here he's going to live right here, authority over demons authority over devils authority over the wind, the waves, the sea the creation, somebody tell me after all the preaching that's been preached to us since Azusa Street for over a hundred years Years, where are we at? Where are we at? Who do you know that's got the authority to tell a devil to sit down and shut up? Who do we know that can charge the devil to come out of somebody and he comes out? I don't believe in all this laying old hands and wrestling with somebody in two or three hours. The authority of God's in you. You speak the word, that demon's coming out. It may not come out when you lay hands on them, if you lay hands on them. The Lord told me quit laying hands on people unless he told me to. Why? Because Jesus laid hands on the sick, but he cast out the spirits with his word. And he told me you lay hands on a wrong person that's got a demon in them. If you don't know what you're doing, he said you're making contact with that demon. You're making contact with that spirit. Y'all hear me? Y'all ever use jumper cables on a car? You ain't gonna pull up that dead battery. Got a live battery in your car and hook that live battery and stand over there and say, start, start, start. But when you hook to that battery, it makes a circuit. It gives that electricity a, current, uh, a path. Same way with the demon spirit. You hook to that dead battery, make a path. You make a path for that demon. You make a path for that demon. 
So if they're demon-possessed, you better watch what you do. If they're sick, lay hands on them. Bind them infirmities. Cast them out. Jesus did. But he cast out the spirits with his word. When that man came out of the tombs, cutting himself, bound in chains and fetters and naked, he said, I know you. <laughs> How many people is the devil going to speak to in our time? Say, I know you. I know who you are. How many people is going to say, Jesus, I know, and Paul, I know? I don't know you. I'm serious in what I'm saying. People sing, they preach, they testify, they shout about how great God is. They don't have power to heal a sick flea. I'm sorry, it's the truth. People worship in tradition. They worship in doctrines of men. There's nothing to most worship except form, tradition. And I won't have it. I've told y'all, I don't care if the Spirit of God falls in here. I know it says Susie and she sings all service. Spirit of God, so be it. So be it. Spirit of God gets on you, sir, Pat, and you stand up, preach, prophesy, however God wants you. As long as the Spirit of God, I don't care. I don't care if God takes somebody else over. I want the mind and the working of the Spirit of God because tradition will do you nothing except hurt. Religion binds you. And it's put people in a form. It puts people in a form. I was so pleased last night to see these two. We hadn't seen them in three or four years now, if not longer. I mean, it's been a, it's been a while. Precious friends. I, I was trying to think last night. I don't even remember where we met, but we met somewhere back in the 80s. They've been precious friends of mine since the 80s. They've supported this gospel. They've opened their home to us and let us come stay with them. They've just been good friends. When our house burnt, this sister offered to come down and help us categorize and log everything because she knew how to do it. Being around insurance, she knew how to do them things. Offered just come down and stay with us. Good people love God. And she reached across that table last night, that restaurant packed to the walls. I mean packed, Sister Pat. She reached across that table and took mine and Lisa's hand and began to speak the word of the Lord. Not loud, not intrusive, not trying to make a show. She didn't have to have a setup. <laughs> Spirit of God fell on her. And that's what God's been trying to tell us. We think God moves. We got to have the drum roll, the guitar, the organ, the piano, the the tongue roll. Get ready for God to speak. We got to have that setup. We got to create the atmosphere. Let me tell you something, God is the atmosphere. And buddy, when she started speaking last night, I felt the Spirit of God run through me and up and down my backbone. I guess I've done what I've criticized a lot of people for. I got caught up in the Spirit and didn't listen. <laughs> I've had people come back to me and say, Brother Matter, can you tell me what you prophesied to me? No, you should have been listening. So I'm guilty of my own error. But that's all right. God will bring it back. I felt, a, I felt a quickening of the Holy Ghost anyhow. And we just sat there and talked about the Lord and fellowship. We didn't care what nobody else was doing. Didn't bother us. Didn't bother us. I don't know if anybody's seen her or heard her. And you know something else? I don't really care. Because why everybody's Super Bowl-minded, I'm Jesus-minded. And if you want to watch the Super Bowl and you want to talk about it, you go ahead. But don't you talk about the Super Bowl in one breath and God in the other. Oh, did I say that? 
That's between you and the Lord. But don't try to talk to me about the Word of the Lord and what God's doing in counsel and try to give people wisdom and understanding because your heart's in the world. I'm sorry your heart's in the world. I'm not criticizing. I'm just telling you, don't talk to me about it. And don't let your team get down by 10 points and you start praying. I better quit while I'm ahead. Did we finish those scriptures in Hebrews? We got to verse 15. Okay. And delivered them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Go ahead to the next one. Verse 16, for verily he took not on him the nature of angels. Y'all see that? He didn't take on him the nature of angels. He didn't come down here as God in the flesh. He came here as a man. He came here as a man. But he took on him the seed of Abraham. Verse 17. Wherefore in all things it behooved him to, Pleased be, him. Ma yes, to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in the things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. You see, he was made just like us. So he could feel what we feel. He knows everything you feel, Brother Kevin. He knows your battles. He knows the warfare of your mind. He knows your heart. He knows what you're battling. He knows your torments. He knows everything. Because he's a man just like you. A man just like me. He knows right where you're at, Sister Kathy. He knows right where you're at. But because of his relationship with God, in his continual daily prayer, preaching all day, ministering all day, laying down, eating and sleeping, and then rising up a great while before day, going tarry all night long with the Father in prayer. He done it continually. His disciples saw it. They witnessed it. They witnessed it. You hear me? They witnessed it. And he wants to put that spirit in us that we can become his witnesses. It's like I preached to y'all, but last week I was here. What's your witness? What's your witness? Do you have any of the fruit of the Spirit of Christ being made manifest in you? Is, is Christ actually being formed in you? Are you being conformed to the image of His Son? Is there any type of gifts of healing or deliverance or miracles that bears witness to Christ in you? Are you manifesting any of the fruit of the Spirit? If you ain't, there's something wrong. There's something wrong because we ain't bearing him witness. I know gifts and callings and I know miracles and deliverance. I know those things are for certain people. But we're all supposed to bear the fruit of the Spirit. We're all supposed to bear the fruit of the Spirit. Amen. Amen. Love, joy, meekness, temperance. Patience, long-suffering, which we ain't with very many people. But see, we've got to let this thing work. This thing's only going to work in prayer. The kingdom of God's only going to reveal itself in prayer. That's good if you get by yourself and get it. But what about the body? When God started the book of Acts, He visited the body corporately. He visited that 120. 
with that earnest of that fruit of the Spirit, with that nature of Christ. He visited them, gave them an earnest of the Spirit. Later on, he visited the apostles in Acts 4, filled them again. Then he, in the house of Cornelius, it was a corporate prayer. The disciples at Ephesus was a corporate prayer. The only place I read where Jesus poured out the Holy Ghost in the book of Acts on one person was Paul. When the scales fell off his eyes and he got baptized and the Lord let him see the Christ, he was filled with the Holy Ghost. Book of Acts, second chapter, they were filled with the Holy Ghost. House of Cornelius, it fell on them. Didn't go in them, fell on them. Y'all listening to me? Those 19, or those 12 at Ephesus, the Spirit of God fell on them. There's a difference between Christ being in you and the Spirit of Christ being on you. It can move on you, you can do great miracles. You can be used of God. But till it gets in here, you're never going to live holy. You're never going to live holy. You don't have anything in you to cause you to want to live holy. You go back, you look at all the great men of God through the Old Testament. Samson could lay with harlots, take the jawbone of an ass, kill a thousand Philistines. Why? God was with him. Moses parted the Red Sea. You hear me? Done all them great miracles. Joshua followed God's instructions. The walls of Jericho fell flat even with the ground. They didn't crawl over a pile of rubble 30 and 40 foot deep or high. The Bible said the walls fell down flat. What happened? God opened the foundations under them. They just went right down the ground, closed it up. They left that top of that wall. They just walked right into Jericho. All except that one little place on the, on the wall where Rahab lived. That part stood because she lived on the wall. God made her a promise. How big is our God? How big will our God be to us if we can come into prayer in unity of the Spirit and we will stand and start declaring this gospel of the kingdom? See, I'm going to declare it. The Lord told me, don't be ashamed. Because I, for about four, three years at Fort Payne, I sidestepped people's traditions. I sidestepped their doctrines. I tried to put this out there a little at a time. And I still fought hell with them because they didn't want to leave what they'd been taught. Tried to tell them. You confess all you want to, you got what they got on the day of Pentecost. It ain't never manifested itself. Oh, I got it. Produce. Produce. Let's see it. Well, you don't know what God's using me to do. I know God ain't using you to turn cities upside down. I know you ain't walking down the street and asking, and people are coming to you say, what time are you coming back in town? Which way your shadow's going to fall? Which way's the sun going to hit you? What time? We'll have the streets lined with sick folks. So you can walk by them. If, just by any means, your shadow might fall on them, heal them, raise them up. You ain't got that. You can't walk in a room with a dead body laying there and put the people out and get on your knees and say, Father, is it your will to raise this woman up? 
Peter wasn't praying for the faith to reach Tabitha up. He had the faith. He wanted to mind the will of God. Because once he knew what the will of God was, Brother Kevin, he just turned to her and said, Tabitha, get up. Get up. He had to know the mind and will of God. Y'all hear me? We're right there at the door. We're right there at the door. <laughs> I had a dream years ago when I first started serving God. And I wrote down dreams and visions from the 70s all the way up to now. And most every one of them lead to this last day ministry. It's about 30-something pages. If y'all want a copy of it, my wife can email you a copy of it because just about everything God spoke to me leads to this last day ministry. But I had a dream years ago, and I don't think I put this one in there. But I was walking down a highway. And there were no cars on the highway. I was walking, and I had some people with me. And I got to the city limits, Sister Pat, and the city officials met me at the city limits. And they said, do you come with a piece or do you bring a sword? That's what they asked me. Do you come in peace or do you bring a sword? I looked at them and I said, I come in peace. They said, oh, thank God. <laughs> we welcome you to our city. But see, they didn't want that sword of the word of the Lord. They asked one of the prophets in the Old Testament, same thing. It might have been Samuel. I can't remember who it was. But they said, do you come in peace or do you bring a sword? The word of the Lord. Think you get straight. If he can get straight, if he can get strong, judgment's going to walk hand in hand with these seven thunders. I believe is what the Lord showed me. Anyway, there's seven trumpets. The Lord told me there's seven anointings. You ain't going to hear no literal trumpets blow. Every one of those seven trumpets is an anointing. The Lord said each anointing, each trumpet's going to get stronger and stronger. He said with each trumpet, the judgment's going to get greater and greater. I don't know how long the trumpets are going to last. There's going to be a season for them, though. When God releases them, there's going to be a season for them. And finally, at the sound of that last trump, the mystery of God should be finished, which is what? Christ in you, the hope of glory. Amen. Christ in you, the hope of glory, at the sound of the seventh trump. What Paul saw in 1 Thessalonians 4, the Lord himself should ascend from heaven with a shout and with the trump of God. Paul seen it. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in a twinkling of an eye at the sound of the last trump. Are y'all hearing? The very last trump. The very last word to God's people. But before that, we're going to preach His kingdom. We're going to preach His kingdom. Me and you going to tear Elijah up with this gospel of this kingdom. I love my sister. And I thank God for the day he let our paths connect. And she gave us permission to declare this gospel in this church. Because after we was here a while, the Lord started showing me. Her mama built this church. Her mama received the Holy Ghost, Jesus' name, believer, had faith in God, preached solid. But the Lord showed me her mama built this church for this season right here. For the Word of God to be fulfilled in this area. Y'all remember when the Spirit of the Lord hit me that day? And I said, God, He's going to put Carter K and L.A.J. George on the map, what He's fixing to do here, and you just feel the Spirit of God go across this place like electricity. we got a kingdom to possess, or we got a kingdom to lose. 
It's up to you. It's up to you. But we better get kingdom minded. And we better get kingdom focused. Am I fighting battles I never fought? You better believe it. But I'm fixing to possess a kingdom I've never possessed. Is the devil mad? Oh, yeah. Is he railing? Oh, yeah. Is he throwing things in your path every time God gets to give you, gets ready to give you something? He'll step right between you. That's what I saw in the spirit here two or three weeks ago. I seen a man fixing to give me a, a, a beautiful gift. And he reached it out like that, and he did. Somebody stepped between me. Every time the Lord reached out to give me that beautiful gift, somebody would step between me and distract me. Caused me to lose focus. Caused me to get distracted in another direction. Devil smart. Don't underestimate it. It's time to get focused on the one thing Jesus told us in Matthew 6, 33. Seek ye first. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven. Seek ye first. Not second, not third, not last, not next to last, first. And I'm sorry to say, we ain't doing it. I wasn't doing it. God's got my focus back. God's got my focus back. And I'm going to drag y'all kicking and screaming into the kingdom of God through prayer. I'm going to pray for God to move every one of you into this kingdom. And put a spirit of prayer in you. You remember when I told you that spirit's going to get on you up at deer stand? He used to go deer hunting on Saturday mornings. We said that was fine. But then he wouldn't come to church on Saturday night. And sometimes he'd go on Sunday morning and wouldn't come on Sunday service. Back, back several years ago. And I texted him one morning. He's sitting up in the deer stand. And I said... Where's your heart is, that's where your treasure is also. He texted me back. said, I appreciate it, Pastor. Don't tell me the truth. <laughs> but you know why I told him the truth? I love him. He's got a call. God wants, God's singled him out of millions and billions of people to do something in him in these last days. Every one of you in this church, God singled you out. You're called, you're chosen before the foundation of the world. Before God ever put you in your mother's womb like he told Jeremiah. He said, before I ever formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you ever came out between your mama's knees and took your first breath, he said, I'd called you and ordained you to be a prophet to the nations. Jeremiah still had to fulfill it. If you want that fulfilling, you can get it. See, we get distracted and we let other things get in our heart, get in our spirit. And we've been distracted. And I'm going to pray that the Spirit of God get on y'all, get on you in prayer. You may be driving that 18-wheeler down the middle of Atlanta and the Spirit of God get on you and you start crying so bad you've got to pull over. It's going to be some sisters if you're sitting there talking to people at work. And the Spirit of God get on you and y'all say, y'all excuse me just a minute. You got to go in the restroom because the Spirit of the Lord gets on you. You got to cry and pray and get yourself together. Y'all don't think God can do this? <laughs> oh, yeah, he can. Oh, yeah, he can. When Samuel met Saul and anointed him, he said, you fixing to leave me, man. You fixing to go up that road and said, you're going to meet some men. 
told him what I was going to do. He's going to meet a lady with a pitcher. Told him some different things. And he said, the Spirit of the Lord is going to come on you. And God's going to change your heart. The Spirit of the Lord come on him. And I think he prophesied. Matter of fact, he may have prophesied all night long. I know there's two different times that he prophesied. But they said, is Saul numbered among the prophets? Why? Because the Spirit of God fell on him. When the Spirit of God falls on you, you're out of control. To your flesh being, you're out of control. You say, will God really do this? God won't force itself on you. But if there's a heart after him in here, he will take you through your fears, your, re your restrictions, your insecurities, and your inhibitions. Ma'am? Yes, ma'am. He will take you through it all. And God will put confidence in you. Lisa, I want you to come here. The Lord spoke to me about you. Somewhere this week, I don't even remember where. Go ahead and raise your hands. For even I, the Lord, have called thee. And I have anointed thee, my daughter, to step forward in a leadership position. And you've allowed the warfare of thy mind to cause thee to pull back in certain areas and certain situations and circumstances. But even now, the boldness and the confidence of my spirit does overshadow thee. And I, God, step in thee. And thou shalt find the boldness, thou shalt find the strength, and thou shalt find the wisdom to stand forth and declare my word. I have made thee a leader among my people, especially among the women. The battles that they fight, the warfare, the condemnation, the driving back of the enemy. And you shall, yea, go forth and break through this barrier. You shall break this force. And I, God, anoint thee with a newness of my spirit and a freshness. Yea, I bring thee alive in the Holy Ghost. And I cause my word, I put my word in thy mouth in a way thou hast never known. And I charge thee, speak my word, my daughter. Speak my word. Hold not back. Prophesy. Speak my word. And I speak a healing in thy body. Go, joy in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We've got to stand forth. Time to step forth. It's time to step forth. This church world don't care what they say. They don't care what they say. They don't care how bad they shame you for the truth. And they'll do their best to shame you for the truth. But you've got to believe and you've got to stand. You've got to believe and you've got to stand. God's bringing us in. You hear me? He's bringing us out of tradition and doctrines of men to bring us in the truth. These preachers don't know what, don't want nothing to do with me. I don't care. I'm fixing that brand new people to preach to. They don't want this word. But I'm going to tell you, when all hell breaks loose and they ain't taught their people to pray, they ain't taught them how to fight, they ain't taught them how to stand, they're going to lose their people. And the people's going to come up. Was it you saying that they're going to come looking for deliverance? They're going to come looking for a fresh word. They're going to come looking for something to help them. It ain't my fault. I bear reproach for this word. What I preach today, I bear reproach for. I bear reproach for the name of Jesus. And I ain't ashamed of it. I ain't ashamed of it. Because the Lord told me right here in prayer. She walked up to me. I was laying right there on my face crying out to God. The Spirit of the Lord, come on. She walked up to me. 
She called my name and she said, you know, I wouldn't do this if this wasn't the Spirit of the Lord. And she won't. She knows me. And she knows the God in me. And she said, the Lord told me to tell you to quit apologizing and making excuses and sidestepping this word and declare this word straight and bold. Because so, this is the word that will set people free. It's different, but it's alive. I got word for what God showed me. This started in me, Sister Penner, in 1984. God started revealing this word. It has unfolded in me since 1984. And now I know the truth. April the 11th will be two years when God spoke to me and told me I've made you an apostle to declare my truths, declare my word, to preach the same mysteries that I gave to the apostles. He said, be careful what you preach. Be sure it's my word. Be sure it's truth. He said, because what you preach is going to reproduce. It's going to reproduce. It's going to come forth. Amen. Preach it. Don't let people hold you back. Let that confidence, because that word's in there. That word's in there. I'm telling you, it's in there. We sit and talk about this word sometime for hours. It's in there. She understands it. She got the revelation of it. What she don't have the revelation of, we'll talk it out. It's hard for a woman to minister. Especially. One, when you sit under my teaching. A lot of people don't want nothing to do with you. You get around people and start... Standing for the truth, they'll look at you and say, Well, I know who your pastor is. They've had people, she's had people tell her that. But see, she's got two strikes against her. It ain't just who her pastor is, it's who her husband is. Till I started declaring this truth, people wanted her to come. Was glad to have her come preach and minister. Why? She got something in her. She battled out of depression. By the grace and the Spirit of God, she battled out of depression, got victory over it. She can preach. And God will use her set women in depression free. Church is full of women in depression. Full of it. But now, since I've started declaring this truth, they don't want nothing to do with her. Because they know who her pastor is and they know who her husband is. That's all right. There's a world out there. There's a world out there dying for deliverance. Amen. Yeah. They don't give her an open door. There's a big blue sky on a street corner. <laughs> the harvest is ripe. The labors are few. I had somebody ask me in Arkansas years ago. I said, Brother Meadow, will you pray for God to give me open doors? I said, what do you need open doors for? Well, I want to preach. I'm called. I said, look. I said, in the 70s, I said, preachers wouldn't let me in their churches. Nobody knew me. But I fasted and prayed more than a lot of the preachers did. And finally, I told God, God, this thing's killing me. I need to preach. He said, go stand on the street corner. Preach my word. Go to the prisons. Go to the jails. Go to the nursing homes. Go to the hospitals. He said, I'll use you to heal the sick. I'll use you to tell them about me. That's, that's exactly what I started doing. And then I started praying for a tent. I said, God, give me a tent. I prayed and prayed and prayed, Sister Kathy, for a tent. And I told the Lord one day, I said, if you don't give me a tent, I'm going to go out in the woods and cut me some pine poles. I'm going to go rent me a lot. 
put him in the ground, string the lights over him, and I'm going to preach open air. Wasn't about two months God give me a tent. I didn't carry the way. Because I was going to obey God. This thing been in me for 47 years. And I've preached the gospel without reservation ever since the late 70s. And I've turned my back on careers. I've turned my back on retirement. I've turned my back on insurance. I've turned my back on a comfortable life. And I'm not against what you do. But I made the gospel of Jesus Christ first and foremost. I didn't go after money. I didn't go after retirement. I didn't. I don't have no retirement. As far as money wise. My niece gave me a little stone on a plaque years ago. She said, working for the Lord. She said, there ain't much benefit in this world. She said, but the retirement's out of this world. God's going to take care of us. I'm going to break this thing through. I'm going to break the devil's back. You hear me? This force of religion in LRJ better find itself a hole, dig it, get in it, and pull the dirt in after it. Because we are going to break this religious force in this area. And God's going to bring deliverance. Amen. Get ready. Get ready. Hide and watch. Get ready. Well, the matter won't ever happen. That's what I tell people. Wait till the smoke clears. Let's see who's standing. Let's see what God's doing. Hide and watch. I know my God. I know what He's spoken. I know I'm here by the mind and will of God. I know y'all are here by the mind and will of God. Don't doubt it. Let's do what's right in the eyes of the Lord. We'll have prayer tomorrow night. Right here. Between 7 and 7.30. Come be with us. Let's get in prayer. Let's fight for this kingdom. Let's fight for this faith. Let's fight for what God wants to do in us. Amen. And I'm going to have to, I don't know if I'll get to do Bible study. Sister Sheila wants me to come down and be a part of the service for her son. So we'll have to leave Wednesday morning. So I don't know if I'll get to be in Bible study Tuesday night or not. So if you can go a little extra with me today because we've got to go down there and get a motel stay I mean we're just running close so if you can go extra do what you can do today help us amen I want to receive the tithes and offerings how many of you appreciate this word sister Penner told me last night she said we come in expecting I said I am too <laughs> hey, how many of you believe God delivered today amen. believe God delivered we're going to I got a renewal on my contract for July. So y'all, y'all keep us in prayer. But please, do what's right in the eyes of the Lord. Amen. God's blessed you. Honor him. Honor him. Because I believe in giving to God. You call it a tithe. You call it an offering. You call it anything you want to. But Abraham paid tithe in Melchizedek 400 years before the law. Jacob promised God a tithe. Off of everything God blessed him with hundreds of years before the law ever came in. Y'all hear me? Giving to God is part of your worship. It's part of your appreciation. It's part of your gratefulness of how God's blessed you. Will you do what's right in the eyes of the Lord? You want to get them offering buckets for me, somebody? I don't even see them. They must be in the office. They're on this side. They messed you up, Brother Donald. Sure.
So while y'all bring your tithing offering, I uh, wanted to tell you two things that the Lord had spoken that I forgot about. I got starting, you know, a while ago when I was testifying, I got going down that road, but I wanted to tell you what the, so what the Lord spoke about us being here. You know, I related that story of how God spoke to us after the fire, as bad as it was, but that man came with the house. Well, I wanted to relay on to that, you know, as much as we fought up here, you know, if you look at the numbers of people, what, you know, I hear people talking, you know, you've been there all this time and y'all hadn't really added people and, you know, different things and all the warfare that we have, but Brother John and I were sitting and talking and God brought it to my remembrance that when we got ready to start this church up here, everything we petitioned the Lord, we looked and looked and looked for a place and then we finally went, we just, you know, and the reality was we didn't really have the means to rent a building and, and all the different things and, and someone had given us Sister Pat's number and we drove out here and, and our original thinking was, oh, it kind of needs to be closer to town. You know, you're thinking naturally, right? How do you start a church? You know, right? So we're thinking get closer to the city where you can, you know, all of that. And so everything fell through and we had Sister Pat's number and we came and looked at the church and we loved it and we said, well, God, if this is your will, this is what we prayed, Sister Pat. Ask her to give, put it in her heart to let us just pay the utilities. That's all we could afford. Didn't have finance. We did not have the money. That's the honest to God prayer sitting right out there. And we said, if this is your will, then you let this woman be willing to let us use. We did not know her. I mean, we had met here, there, but we had no relationship. And when we called her, I don't know how long till she called back, and that's exactly what she said was, mm -hmm. you'll have to cover the utilities, but y'all can use the building. I couldn't, I mean, I would say I couldn't believe it, but I, couldn't believe, I was like, all right, God. Okay, so we worked with that, but then we knew we needed a place to stay up here. And I knew what we could afford. I would love to have had a place not pay anything, but I thought in my mind, I said, you know, we really can only do about maybe a couple hundred dollars a month, maybe you know, to rent a place that wasn't in the utilities. And that was a stretch. And uh, trying to find a place. Rental places are expenses up here for travel trailers and stuff. Man, folks want a lot of money for that stuff. Good night. The right thing had to come up. I didn't want to be out in that Kusawati area where you park. I didn't want to be in that atmosphere. I wanted to be private, by myself, all of that. And lo so we had put the thing at final morning, coming to church. We said, that's it. I had pulled up some classifieds. I said, we have got to make a decision. And I drove up this road, and that right there, y'all know where we're renting. There was, she had, there was a little sign that says, travel, it's an RV spot for rent. And there was a phone number. I could not believe it. After church, we ran up there, grabbed that, looked at it. It's the most picturesque place back there. Called that woman. No, went by there and talked with her. She had just put it out that morning. That morning, when we were on our way to church, she had just put it out. No, the day before, Saturday evening. Mm -hmm. They had just put it out. Guess what? The rent's $50 a week. I, I about cried. So, I, saying all that to say, I know God put us here. I know we are in the will of God. Amen. I know it looks doesn't look like we want it to look, and the battle is hard. But I know we are in the will of God. I know that. So we all are in the will of God, so press on. That's what I was wanting to share. But the other was what God spoke at New Year's after what Pastor was preaching today. God spoke at New Year's, you remember? 
And the Lord said, this is the time to declare his kingdom mm -hmm. because, what did he say? This the gospel of the kingdom must be preached into all the world for a witness. And the truth will set you free. Thank you. Make you free. Make the you truth free. makes you free. And he said, if we would at this time declare the gospel of the kingdom, at this time we've been taught it, we've talked about it, we've ducked behind rocks. But he said, that's what he said New Year's Eve, if we would at this time declare the gospel of the kingdom, don't worry about it because the truth is what's going to make the people free. The chains are going to fall off of the people. That's what he said. Just by declaring his word, the, tra the chains were going to fall off, but it was their choice whether they walked out. He did tell me that. But I, I was, we were sitting in this service today, the way the anointing was falling, the way that spirit was coming, I said, God, these chains are coming off me. I stepped out. I just did a literal back there. I stepped out. I said, I don't know what came off of me, but I'm stepping out. I'm taking that. Those truth, that truth he was declaring was making me free. It's making us free. So every service, that's every, you take at. And you say, God, the truth is making me free. I am stepping out. I am not keeping these chains. I am not doing it. So that's what he said, but it's up to people to stay free and to step out. So I wanted to share that, really, that, that, that thing about declaring the kingdom at this time. It's his time. I know we don't have all understanding, but we walk in the light that we have. Walk in that light and have that confidence because he said the truth is what's going to make the people free. No more is are we going to work it up or have to wait for a thing in before we, mm -mm. It's the truth. It's the truth that makes them free. Amen. Y'all appreciate the Lord today? I'm enjoying this service. You know, when Brother Matt called to the house, he said, how much would you rent the church for? Oh. And he insulted me. In oh. a way. You know, I yeah. said, rent the church? Well, we didn't know, right? No, I mean, yeah. yeah. But the way, I know the way I said it. Yeah. I said, rent the church. Yeah. Uh, we never rented the building. You know? Yes, and we never, God, we didn't know that. Yes, we well we never we never knew that. I mean that was never. But we like I said we didn't know. You expect to use somebody's building, so you you rent it, you know. But we didn't. But know a lot of people God, will. God people, but look how God had it. But see that was our thought, and I, but God answered that prayer. We didn't know where you stood, but God did. So He had us pray that prayer because He knew the answer. Yep, He knew the answer on the other side. I believe that. Does anybody need prayer? Before I, I'm fixing to pray over the offering and we're going to. Please, please, please make prayer a priority. Got to be. Amen. Got to be. I rode up with my wife, so I may have to bum a ride to Conyers, Georgia, Tuesday. Just depends on whether she can work it out to get back or not. I may be. Y'all go down Big Creek, y'all see me standing out there doing like this. So I need to get to Conyers. We've already talked about it. She's got to go keep our grandson tomorrow, and he's down in. Okay. Well. No. So, uh, Brother Chris's funeral is Thursday. Visitation's Wednesday night. Please. Keep Sister Sheila in your prayers. It was her only son. She's fought a lot of battles for him. But I t Sister Daniels called me yesterday morning and said, I feel peace about him. 
They don't know what happened to him, won't know till the GBI does an autopsy. Uh, it's just, that's law. When somebody dies, you don't know, it's just law. So they said as soon as they know, they'll try to let everybody know. But she needs her prayers. She needs her prayers. Uh huh. Okay. Who would you say it was? Uh, oh, yeah, I know T.R. real well. Hallelujah. That's what I'm here for, sisters. Don't matter if it's 2 o'clock in the morning. If you need help, that's what I'm here for. I love to see my kids show out. Hey. praying I'm teaching I'm I'm laying hands on y'all for God to use you love to see God bring his word to pass really do
She knew that voice. Good. God's good. Let's ask God for his blessings on this service. Righteous Father, by your name, Jesus, God, I thank you for the working of your spirit. God, the way you've used your vessels. God, in every situation today, every vessel, every situation, every circumstance, by the unction of the Holy Ghost, thank you for it, Master. Bring us into that knitting together. Knit our hearts together in love, in the unity of the Spirit. Bring us into one mind for one accord, and that's your purpose, Master. God, bless everything that's been done. Bless the giving. Bless the hearts, God, that are in here fighting to receive. And Lord, as we dismiss and go our separate ways, bring us together tomorrow night for prayer, to seek your face. God, to drive back the forces of hell and see a church founded that's a strong church in this area, Lord. We need it. We give you honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless y'all. Y'all are dismissed and have a blessed